Welcome back. No guest, but that's okay. We got one coming on Friday. Um, it's February something. That's all I know. And it's the day after the Super Bowl when we're recording this. Yeah. We're, well, I guess when you all hear this two days after the Super Bowl, but the Super Bowl happened. <laughs> Kinda. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it was one of the more anticlimactic. It, it felt like a throwback to like the old, like one week Super Bowl matchups before they spread it out over the two weeks. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of funny that Tampa has been in two Super Bowls and they haven't been like close in the both Super Bowls that they've been in. Um, but we'll, we'll talk about that in, in deep, deep length. Also, that halftime show was terrible. Uh, I, I felt like I was in like a, a fun house. Yeah, well, that, that was the first thing that I thought of when I saw it. Like, as soon as he was walking around. Now, I didn't anticipate all the memes that were coming out after it, but definitely a fun house. That was the first first immediate reaction. I was like, this is a fun house mirror. I, is this what quarantine means, is we just go into a fun house mirror and everybody goes crazy in there? I mean, I, the one thing I will say, though, for this halftime show, to, to give it a little bit of credit is it because most halftime shows usually have a fan base or fan following on the field with it. They actually did utilize the field well and, and with all their dancers and such, but there was nothing, nothing to write home about, about it. I, I, again, everybody on this show knows that I'm not a, not a halftime show person. That's when I use the bathroom. So. Well, I, well, we'll, we'll talk about that and, and how the commercials were terrible and, and you can let me know on air what uh, you thought about Wayne's World and the Will Ferrell commercial because I saw them before they came out obviously mm -hmm. and I hyped them up pretty pretty well and, and we'll talk about that but I mean you know I'm not listening to The weekend, but what I am listening to is other music like Blink-182, What's My Age Again, uh, I'm listening to you know old school 50 Cent lately uh, like in the early 2000s, 2003, uh, I'm still listening to Daughtry. I don't know what it is about me and Chris Daughtry, but I really like the Daughtry band. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm getting my uh, I'm getting my groove on, man, with um, Sugar Ray still and Third Eye Blind. I, I feel like I'm trapped in an early 2000s bubble. But where I do all that is on my favorite listening music service, Amazon, Amazon Music. Yeah, so I told you last week. Well, let, let me say this before we go on here, Daughtry. That's one of the worst. That's one of the worst crimes in the history of the American Idol franchise. Whatever. I, I can't say that I'm an avid watcher. Over him, yeah, it never makes sense. Daughtry was clearly the better candidate in that, and that's probably the last time I watched American Idol. But if you want to listen to Daughtry, boy, do we have a place that you can do it. Uh, I've been on a, uh, a band, I, as you all know, I'm more of a metal guy, a metalcore band like Moths to Flames, their new record, No Eternity and Gold, that's been in my spin cycle a lot recently, but I like Blink-182, I might have to turn some Blink-182 on and get to the uh, their old albums, What's My Age Again, uh, all the small things, the popular song, but I'm doing it on Amazon Music too. Uh, so if you sign up now, make sure you do it at the link, getamazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan sports. And you can listen to all of your favorite artists. Maybe you can take some of our recommendations. You can listen to some Daughtry, some Blink-182. You said 50 Cent too, right? Yeah, 50 Cent. I was listening to 50 Cent this morning uh, in uh, the uh, a, a music shower. Okay. Okay. So I have a hot take on 50 Cent. It's nothing about 50 Cent per se, but... 
My favorite 50 Cent song is actually one that probably hardly anybody knows because it's not popular. It's a song off his album called Curtis. It's called Straight to the Bank. I have no idea what that is, but I'll definitely have out on Amazon Music backslash get to uh, to Ryan Sports. Yeah, I have no idea, but check it out. And again, folks, that link, sign up today, get amazonmusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports to start listening today. Yeah, uh, Amazon's been... Uh very good to us uh we we uh we we can't say enough about it amazon music's the place to be um so (laughs) we we always have fun trying to figure out who who goes first or whatever and you know i don't know the dates you always help me out with that um but i think i'm just gonna take over uh this week because i i feel like us have no recollection considering the weekend felt like an eternity this weekend Oh, um, I get it. The weekend. Yeah. The halftime show. Yeah, but I'm uh-huh. Um so my first story my first story is um a, a little weird. Uh so over the weekend, obviously, Ryan, I don't know if you've ever been to Vegas, but it's place of Sin City, gambling. You can smoke in the casino, obviously, no duh. Um free drinks, whatever. There's gonna be a new hotel built. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because it's intriguing, the strategy they're doing. Uh, they don't have a name yet, but it's going to be a little bit off the strip, about just a mile. So uh, kind of like where Mandalay Bay is, uh, I think, is where it's going to be, a little bit past that. So it's going to be close to the, the Raiders Stadium. Opening in 2024, but no smoking, no casino, just a straight-up hotel, and they are not going to have eat like even slot machines they're going to go completely different it'll be the first vegas hotel in the city's history that will not have gambling or smoking inside the casino and uh, you know you can still get drinks but i mean i feel like people just go to vegas to gamble and stuff like that And now that the raiders are there i'm pretty sure uh i'm not don't quote me on this but i think you could there's even slot machines in the raiders stadium i'm not sure about that but i find that a complete weird thing to do weird strategy i have to sell it. it it feels like the complete opposite of what people go to vegas for yeah so i don't have a problem with the concept inherently to have a hotel with no casinos gambling smoking anything like that but i feel like in vegas that's an odd an odd move just because that's you're right that's what vegas is known for vegas is kind of the gambling capital of the world that's where people go Vegas, you know, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. What are you going to say now? We went to a hotel. I mean, is that your, is that your end all be all? We stayed at this hotel and we had a great time. We had continental breakfast. No, like you, you go to gamble and you go to do that. I mean, I've not personally been, but those that I know that have been, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the appeal of it. You know, even if you're not a big gambler, you know, you put, you know, 10, 20 bucks into a slot some nights or maybe more depending on your budget. I'm not going to get into that, but the, the idea of Vegas is that of the gambling and kind of the nightlife. So to just be like, Oh, it's a hotel. Now this might appeal to some people that are, like, uh, you know, maybe this is just a place to stay and then we can go and, and do that. But even then, like that, every other one is, is like that. So what's the difference at this point? So I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to have to sell this because it just it feels off brand for Vegas, even though I, I don't hate the concept of just a hotel. Yeah, no, I mean, obviously, every other place 
in the world, you know, for the most part, hotels are like this, right? Like no smoking or, or gambling, but for Vegas, it, you, you can't really have that. <laughs> um, right. Especially when you just build an NFL stadium, you know, and, and taxpayers were paying out, you know, that was going, you know, to, to the city and, you know, they're going to be paying off that stadium, which beautiful stadium. I can't, I can't wait to go. I, th- I think I will go when the Eagles play that, that, that probably won't be for another year or so. I don't think they'll, um, but I mean, just, just an oddball move. And you, I mean, think, think about this. I mean, I'm sure when people get done seeing shows or whatever, like blue man group or a magic show or something like that, you know what I mean? They want to go and, and uh, to a blackjack table or something like that, you know what I mean? And, and uh, play a couple hands after, you know, they see whatever show they're at, like a comedian or whatever. And I, I mean, are, are, are they going to be able to attract like talent or, you know what I'm saying? Cause uh, I, I read in the middle of the story, Usher just signed um, an exclusive, like a, a one or two year deal with planet Hollywood to do like a, a residency is what they call it. Just do two or three shows a week performing on stage, you know, same songs over and over and over. Um, but I'm sure part of that was because of what the hotel offered. So I don't know. They, they, it feels like an odd business plan and I, I you know a lot, a lot smarter people than me I'm sure plan, planning this out but it just it doesn't seem like it, it's going to be something uh that that's going to work well and consider too the other thing that I that I think of whenever I hear this is is maybe this is an opportunity to branch out into like the the family world with Vegas but I feel like Vegas is not designed for that like that's that's kind of the I don't know. I feel like that's the point of Vegas is, is that it's not, I'm, and I'm not trying to say that it's not friendly for kids. I mean, I'm not <laughs> insinuating that we have this, you know, sin area that, you know, we never would take people to otherwise, but point is, is, you know, the nightlife of Vegas is the thing that's most appealing. And, you know, the, the one situation I can see maybe somebody staying in there is, Oh, you know, like we came to a Raiders game and like we have kids, so we're going to stay fine. Uh, you know, that's, that's that's fine and, and I have no problem with that but again it just it seems it seems a bit weird to me too so sell on the uh sell on the no gambling hotel all right so for my sports side here I actually have a pretty Super Bowl heavy one again kind of crazy that the Super Bowl happened so we're, we're gonna go Super Bowl here uh this is just pretty simple uh and this is more opinion than anything are you buying or selling that that is the worst Super Bowl game that you've ever watched? Uh, no, that's a definite sell. Uh, the worst Super Bowl I've ever watched, um, from my memory. Now, keep in mind, you know what? We're we're both we're both twenty six, right? I, I think we're both the same. Twenty seven. Oh, okay, so well, happy the old birthday. man. Um, <laughs> uh, happy birthday. Um, no, <laughs> I uh, <laughs> wait. When's your when is your birthday? November, November twenty uh, fourth. Okay. Well, that's interesting that, you know, we're, we're, we're both graduated the same years, high school and college, but you're, you're, uh, you're a year older, but interesting. Okay. All right. Well, I learned something new about you today. Um, the old bald man. <laughs> well, I'm going bald too, my friend. Um, no. So the, the worst one I remember is probably the, the Tampa, the other Tampa Bay Super Bowl, the, the Tampa Bay Oakland one. Um, that one comes to mind. I don't really remember it uh, in detail, um, I, I remember probably the Derek book, Derek Brooks pick because I w- really wasn't watching football until about like Oh three Oh four. 
um, college or NFL really. Um, so that one comes to mind, but the worst one, the worst one that I remember has to be Denver, Seattle. Cause that was just a stomping. I mean, everyone thought this offense was going to light up Seattle and it was the opposite before you knew it, there was a safety in the end zone game's over essentially. And then, you know, Denver had a chance to get back into it, but then they kicked a Percy Harvin of all people, which is a, a crazy name to say these days, because you can't believe that he was as dangerous as he was in, in the return game. And he's, you know, he, he could still be in the league, I'm sure as a slot guy. Um, but, you know, he returns that kick and boom. So uh, it was, it was anticlimactic though. I feel like probably some people are more frustrated because you know, they have the feeling of, oh, Kansas City could have just turned it on and they could have got back in the game. That wasn't the case. The, the, you know, and we'll talk about the Super Bowl, but I'm telling you, man, uh, Tampa took that loss personally to Kansas City in Week 12. I mean, you saw the trolling that they were doing on the field during that game. And it was kind of interesting, even in a COVID year, home field actually kind of mattered for, for what it's worth. Um you know, in a, in a Super Bowl as them playing as the home team. So in their own stadium. Yeah, it was anticlimactic, but definitely not the worst one I've saw that. I'll, I'll give that to Denver, Seattle. Yeah, usually blowouts aren't aren't as fun to watch. I, I didn't find the game to be overly interesting. The, the one that I actually think that I did not like more was the L.A. Rams Patriots Super Bowl from two years ago. And, and it's not because I hate defense. In fact, I love defense. I think defense wins championships. And we'll talk about that more uh, when we talk about the Super Bowl in depth. But that game was so boring. There was like, it felt like there was 50 yards of total offense in the whole game. I love defense, but I don't love that much defense. It's like the first play of note was Rob Gronkowski's catch in the fourth quarter that you're like, finally, finally a little bit of offense. And that was the one play that really set it apart. And yeah, that was kind of cool, but, but still it just, it didn't feel like a game that was even worth watching. Now I agree that the blowouts, especially the Seattle Denver one, um, I very much felt like that game when the Steelers played about a month ago now, uh, whenever they, whenever Marquise Pouncey snapped it over Ben's head and they scored a touchdown, I was like, that's it. I was like, I've seen this before. I, I know how this game ends. I've seen this game happen before in the Super Bowl. Now, not my team, obviously, but I was like, I know what happens when you snap it over somebody's head first play. So, yeah, I, I didn't particularly enjoy the game yesterday or two days ago now as, as you listen to this, folks, but I didn't particularly enjoy the game. Uh, I think it's also a testament to just how well-prepared Tampa was. Again, we'll get into that a little bit more later, but – game I, I could take it or leave it I, I didn't think it was as great as I thought it would be yeah poor Tony and Jim though the last two Super Bowls they've had um people didn't like uh you know the Patriots Rams uh they had that one and then they had this one um also the last two years can we can we ease can we ease me into it I'm fine with score bugs changing because I can adjust to that but can we do it before the Super Bowl, like do it during a conference championship. So I'm not thrown off in the Super Bowl. Last year, Fox changed it on me. Wasn't expecting that at all. This year, CBS does it. 
I'm not prepared for if NBC does it. NBC actually did it though during the the Eagles Patriots game, and it was like, whoa, what is what is this? I'm used to the score bug being flat on NBC. Now it's like curved, and it has all these fancy graphics. And you know, ESPN does it every Monday Night Football season. It's like stick with something for a while. Um, Fox seems like they stick with their score bugs though when they they do them for like a long time. Yeah. Wait, one quick thing here. As we're recording this, a little breaking news that just came across my phone. One of our favorite people in college football, uh, Matt Campbell, the head coach for Iowa State, yeah, will remain the head coach of Iowa State through 2028. And he just signed an eight-year deal to stay with the to stay with the Cyclones. So no uh, no moving up to a bigger program. Looks like he's staying around in Ames for a while. So good for Matt Campbell. Well, it also it all depends on if if the contract, you know, if someone if if a big time program offers him enough money, I'm sure you know by like 2025, um, you know, if someone offers him the right money, he might jump at that chance or whatever. Because James Franklin signed an extension at Vanderbilt, I'm pretty sure, before he took the Penn State job. Um, but hey, that worked out. <laughs> yeah, uh, worked out well for uh, for the uh, Commodores. No, if uh, if he stays in, in Iowa State, uh, that's good for them. Uh, and now he can schedule a, a non-conference opponent for uh, 2028 and uh, 2029 uh, and announce it tomorrow because that's how those things work. Um, so uh, another interesting, like, you know, it's not really entertainment. It's more just like weird, like entertainment stories, you know, kind of thing kellogg's I don't, I don't know are you a cereal eater uh you know i i had this conversation not too long ago and, and not not really i used to be okay. my dad is but i'm not really if you had to pick a favorite cereal what would it be easy cinnamon toast crunch okay that's a very solid one i was gonna say Reese puffs okay yeah i mean that that would probably i mean if you made me sit down and give a a full ranking that would probably be in my list, but yeah, I'm a, I'm a cinnamon toast crunch guy. So Kellogg's is partnering with little Debbie's uh, snack cakes and they're uh, bringing out a new uh, cereal this summer called uh, based off the, uh, the cosmic uh, brownies that I always had in my lunchbox mm-hmm. or stacked away, uh, you know, in my backpack going into uh, class in high school there. They're having a cosmic brownie cereal. That sounds disgusting. Uh, that's a huge sell for me because uh, I eat mostly pop tarts in the morning. But I mean, that just doesn't that doesn't sound appetizing. I don't know. I, I might try it. Um, only because I feel like you can do a lot of weird things with cereal, and and any I feel like they've tried to make anything into a cereal. Do you remember? I don't know if they even still sell them. This I again don't um, don't um, really look into the cereal aisle that much. But do they still have Oreos? They do. Thing? Yeah, they just do. Day, actually, yeah. Okay. Well, honestly, so for everybody out there who's wondering, the best way to eat Oreos is not to dip them in milk. It's to get a bowl of milk and put the actual Oreos in there and eat it like cereal. What? You never done that? No. That sounds uh, odd. Well, I just gave you a uh, just gave you a new opportunity there to try in the next <laughs> week and let me know how it is. But yeah, I somebody told me that. I don't remember who said that. They said put they said get a bowl of milk, get the milk, and then put the Oreos in the bowl and then eat it, eat the Oreo. Now you can't put like 20 in there. It's not like actual cereal. You put like five yeah. in there. Like don't be a respect, you know, be respectable of yourself. 
but like, you know, put five in there and just scoop it out. And I was like, you know, that's actually not a terrible idea. So I've done that. Um, but yeah, I, I think I might buy this one just for the, just for the sole fact of why not? You know, what, why not? It, it sounds like it, you know, you, you could make it work. Um, I've never needed an excuse to eat anything Little Debbie ever. So it's probably worth a try. Uh, oddly enough, when it comes to breakfast, I go through breakfast phases, if that makes sense. Hmm. So like, I'm really into like a breakfast sandwich, but then I'm like, yeah, I would rather just eat the eggs. Um, here recently, I've even just been like, oh, like I would just eat the sausage. Uh, I've been on a bagel kick the last like week. So uh, like, it, it just, you never know what you're going to get. So maybe I'll try the cosmic brownies. Maybe I'll try to become a cereal guy when that comes out. But yeah, I, I, I'll try it. Why not? No, never hurt me. Uh, as, as much as, uh, I, I like the cosmic brownies, uh, actually this might be a hot take. Uh, I've never, um, uh, my, my favorite little Debbie, uh, was always the oatmeal pies. Um, love a good oatmeal pie. Um, but no, um, this doesn't get me excited. I think the last time I got excited about, you know, and I do a lot of cooking, like lean meat, chicken, whatever, um, do some, do fresh tenders in the air fryer all the time, which is really easy. Um, but I think the last time I got excited about something coming back or like a new food being announced was Dunkaroos mm -hmm. came back last summer and dude, you can find them at seven 11 now for like two bucks. <sighs> That's just, those things are literally just vanilla frosting and cookies. Yeah. I have a, I have a friend on one of my, um, I call it my alternative account. Um, my, cause as you all know, I've mentioned it here before. I'm a big sports card collector. One of my friends on my sports card account is a huge Dunkaroos guy. And anytime somebody sees anything Dunkaroos, they'll tag him in it. And, and he's like immediately got it within the next day. Cause he's like, he's all about it. So there's all of that. So yeah, I remember when that came back, I wasn't as, as big on that, but yeah, I, I can, I can see why that's a big deal. Surge, you remember when Surge came back for like a week, and then everyone's like, "Yeah, there's probably a reason we banned this." Yeah, uh, I also uh, get mocked at when I drink Capri Sun still from time to time. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, uh, I have trouble still uh, still getting the straw in the right place, but you know that's that's a whole another conversation. Um, all right, so next next sports one here again, kind of sticking with the Super Bowl. Um, so this one is is a little bit twofold. Um, but, but it really just relates to the actual championship games themselves uh, and, and the sports. Do you think that football is the hardest sport to repeat in? And do you buy or sell that the Buccaneers with this same roster could repeat as champs in 2020, 2021, 2022? Answer to both those questions, no. Um, has there been a Super Bowl repeat since the Patriots? No. Um, you know, the thing about the Super Bowl is, and we've talked about it, we made jokes. It's kind of interesting now that like, it's almost like kind of shoving it back in our faces, right? That um, now look, I thought Tampa was going to win the game, but it's almost like shoving it back in our faces where we made fun of them. Like it was like a Madden ultimate team where we mm -hmm. you know, both made fun of them. And like, you know, you can't just glue everyone together. Well, you can, if you have Tom Brady. Um, and, you know, one thing I'll say, and I would rather say it, on, I guess, on the front half before the recap on the back is, you know, last night I saw a stat and I try not to watch post game when it comes to stuff because 
post game is kind of like just you know your standard boilerplate stuff really uh but the super bowl uh and the stanley cup stuff like that you know championships really is where i like might watch like a half hour post game i want to see you know what you know because athletes will be more open during those times mm -hmm. obviously and they won't be as like vanilla and bland but there was a stat that they showed uh tom brady is one of uh just four or five athletes now um who've won um multiple uh championships and mvps uh over uh um i think it was the age of 37 mickey mantle joe dimaggio yogi berra bill russell tom brady that's it that is it um think about that so you know for the people who want to hate tom brady they can do it but like those kind of things like every single one of those guys are hall of famers in their sports and won massive amount of championships the next thing is I actually think now, look, I know the pens did it recently, you know, mm -hmm. repeated back to back, but I think the Stanley cup's the hardest to win back to back. And the reason why is the Stanley cup playoffs for, even if you're not a hockey fan, you need to watch them because it is grueling super intense because every single series, even in the first round, unlike the NBA playoffs, as much as I love my Knicks and NBA, I'll watch the NBA playoffs when it gets to the first round and I'll watch them die hard, just like I do the Stanley cup. But like, I know what's going to happen. You know, you might have an occasional upset, you know, in the NBA playoffs, like a five might be a four seed. But in the Stanley Cups, like you can have a team be up 3-0, it seems like all the time in a 1-8 matchup and the eight seed come back and take it to a game seven. It's just so much more intense, I think, than any other sport. Baseball is obviously hard to do. Uh, I'm pretty sure there hasn't been a repeat baseball champion, uh, champion since the Yankees, if I'm correct, uh, in the early 2000s, late 90s. Um, I mean, you know, you had the Giants who, <laughs> when you think about it, it's crazy. The Giants won, uh, during odd years, like 2010, uh, mm -hmm. no, 20, um, for a stretch there. And people talked about them as a dynasty, but they didn't go back to back. Um, I think the Stanley cups, the hardest to win, then baseball, then, then, then the Super Bowl. And then probably the NBA, because the NBA, LeBron is just like Tom, where his greatness kind of overtrumps everyone. And there's a reason LeBron's been in the finals every year, except for one since 2010. And the year he didn't uh, get into the finals, oh, yeah, another country ended up winning the Larry O'Brien in Canada. So, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah, I, I actually agree with your take. I think that the NHL and the Stanley Cup is the hardest one to go back to back on. Uh, not the NFL. And, and you're right, the Pens did do it recently. But, you know, mo most of that, if, if we're being honest, and, you know, Penguins fans, I, I am one, you are one, you can hate me. But a lot of that's just strokes of good luck. I mean, that's, you you know, you hit a couple strides, you win some games. I mean, think about it. They were in double overtime with Ottawa in the Eastern Conference Finals in the, in the second year of their cup. I mean, they could one little slip past Matt Murray or Mark Andre Fleury, that game's over and, and you don't, you're not even in the final. So I, I think that, I think that hockey is the hardest. Um, I actually think football just based on the, the, the sports themselves, I think football would probably be my number two. The, the reason that I don't lump baseball in there is, is because with baseball and the salary cap, I feel like it should be easier to repeat in baseball. Not that it's easy to repeat in any sport, but baseball just with the with the lack of salary cap and the way that teams can se seemingly just sign whoever they want, 
uh, if they have the amount of money to do it, they just do it. Uh, i.e. the Dodgers signing Trevor Bauer over the weekend. So now they're a prime candidate to go back to back and probably should. Um, but basketball, we've seen repeatedly that it doesn't necessarily matter. Um, you know, you can put superstar teams together. And that does, again, it doesn't make it easy. I mean, you still have to win these games and beat these teams. But with the NBA, you know, when you're talking a, a core of, you know, an exact core of maybe like five to seven guys, um, you know, certainly you can look at like the big three from the early 2010s with with Bosch and um, James and Wade. But there are other guys in that that, you know, kind of make it up and you're like, OK, that's the nucleus. Uh, you, you know, Udonis has them. He's like 74 years old now and, and still still playing in the NBA. But no, but but seriously, the, I think the NHL is definitely the hardest. Uh, I, I don't think the Bucks go back to back. Uh, I, but you know, I say that, and then we'll we'll be sitting here next year, and I'll be like, Tom Brady just does everything correctly, and now he has eight Super Bowls. So it, it doesn't really seem to matter what your opinion is on Tom Brady. He's better than whatever you think he is. If you think he's the best, he's better than that. So, uh, but yeah, I, I still think hockey's the hardest, but but football is definitely up there. Yeah, fo football is is up there. I mean, and the Pens opponents, you can look at them in those two repeat cups. Obviously, their road was extremely tough. They, anytime they played Washington, but they had to go through San Jose. They won that series 4-2. And then I'm pretty sure they played the Preds in year number two um, in that run in the Stanley Cup. And I'm pretty sure they won that series 4-2 as well. Mm -hmm. uh, and I mean, you know, you have teams in sports like baseball and hockey – or, you know, the NBA, obviously, who can get back there. You know, the Chiefs just got back to the Super Bowl. You know, that doesn't mean it's easy to repeat. There, there, there's a reason that pretty much every sport, it's very rarely done. Um, I mean, the one year I would have wanted to see a team win more than anyone, if I'm being honest, is uh, um, Vegas, their first year in the mm -hmm. league. And they ended up losing, you know, Washington 4-2 in that series. So, um, by the way, we got a big week of hockey. I don't know if you saw that, but there is a game every single night. Um, and they reworked their whole COVID policies um, because a lot of games have been canceled recently. So, um, yeah. Did, did you know the stat that the Penguins have never won a Stanley Cup at home? They've won five Stanley Cups in every clinching game they've won on the road. Hmm, that's a weird – that's a weird – that's a weird fun fact. Yeah. I mean, yeah, great. I mean, you have five Stanley Cups, but it's kind of weird that the city has never physically seen it on the night that it was won. So sometime I know it's like a weird thing before we move on. Sometimes I would actually rather see teams win championships at home because like, you know, of course I'm not a fan of the team, you know, that's playing, but you know, I, I still want one side to win over the other. Like the one, I, I'll never forget it. I wanted Vegas to win the Stanley Cup recently, and I mm -hmm. absolutely wanted the Cubs to win the World Series at home, mm -hmm. and they won it on the road in Cleveland. And it's like, ah, this just doesn't have the same feel. Like, you know, Boston won it in 2013 after, you know, what it had been through, so that was cool to see. But it feels like teams win championships on the road more than they do at home. Um, but, you know, that's how the cookie crumbles, I guess. Although Tampa won one yesterday at home. So we got one there. Um, so my last buyer sell story. So this is uh, on the heels of uh, like it's WrestleMania season around wrestling, pro wrestling. You know, they're going through that, whatever. 
Um, by the way, that's where WrestleMania is this year. I know I've already told you that a couple times mm-hmm. in Tampa. So they they uh, looked at the game yesterday, and they might be taking a play out of the NFL's book and using a lot of cardboard cutouts and doing like 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. But Brock Lesnar, he hasn't been with WWE for a while. His contract expired. They're trying to re-sign him. Obviously, there's a reason why. He's a pretty big draw. Uh, people still like to watch him. But Kurt Angle was in an interview recently talking about, uh, if no one's ever seen the video, this might bore you. I don't know. <laughs> um, just Google Brock Lesnar shooting star press. And I, I showed it to Ryan before we started. Typically, we don't share our stories, but I had to show him the video. It's crazy. Brock Lesnar's 250 pounds, and he does a full 360, lands flat on his head. And Kurt Angle says in the interview, he said to Brock, Brock, are you okay? He didn't look at him. His eyes were closed. And Kurt said, I thought he was dead. And so then they went to like a pinfall. And he looked at Brock and he said, can you get up? He still didn't say anything. And then they just went to the finish and Brock ended up winning. But um, it is, it's crazy to think like he did that. And it's looked at in the wrestling world is like one of the, like, he could have broken his neck. He could have paralyzed himself for the rest of his life, not being in the UFC. He tried out for, you know, obviously the Vikings later that year, which by the way, real quick for anybody who's a pro wrestling hater, guys like Brock Lesnar are like legitimate real athletes. Like he was a UFC heavyweight champion. He was, a, he was a national champion in wrestling and he almost made an NFL team roster hadn't played football since high school. And he, he was the last guy cut and they were almost going to let him play. And they were going to put him at defensive end starting. He hadn't played since high school. Tim Tebow hadn't played baseball since high school. He's still down in double a man. So that, that just goes to show you what a genetic freak he is, but it's crazy. He didn't, he didn't break his neck. Um, I showed you the video. It, it, it's, uh, it's scary to watch. I, I can't believe all these years later, they're still talking about it and asking Kurt Angle, who obviously in his own right, you know, won an Olympic medal with a broken neck in 96 in Atlanta. Yeah. So um, you, you definitely showed me the, um, the video and yeah, that's uh, I, I do remember that it's been a while since I've seen it, but absolutely crazy. I, I mean, I'm all for him coming back because I know that he's a big sell and clearly an athlete. Uh, but but yeah, the the conversation about like athletes or wrestlers, like you know, oh, it's just entertainment. But yeah, they are athletes. Like Bill Goldberg played in the NFL for a while and just you know, couldn't make it. Okay, like you're gonna be like, oh well, you know, I I played in the NFL. You didn't play in the NFL. You played high school football. Chill. But uh, did did you know? Fun fact, because you know I love fun facts. Brock Lesnar actually has uh, a handful of football cards from back in the day uh, whenever he tried out for the Vikings, there is a handful of them out there uh, with him in his Vikings uniform that were printed in NFL football card sets. I actually have one of them, believe it or not. How much you want for it (laughs) (laughs) Uh, right now? uh, I'm actually looking at a live eBay listing. One is going for $112 uh, plus shipping. And I, I, and I had it stowed away in a box. Look at me. Um, (laughs) Weird. But anyway, yeah, I, I forgot I had it. I looked back and I was like, man, I forgot I had this. And then I just looked on eBay as we were doing this. And that's kind of crazy, but uh, yeah, kind of weird that he had those. And and there's a, there's not many, but enough, but 
Yeah, I, I think that he's a huge draw for the WWE. I always remember him as a heel back in the day whenever I watched it. Uh, of course, that's been years ago. I mean, we're talking mid-2000s probably, the last time I was watching wrestling. But still, dude was, um, you know, dude was still obviously a big draw and still is. I mean, I remember when he went to the UFC and, and that was a big thing is everybody's following him around being like, oh, what's Brock Lesnar doing next? And the dude's an athlete. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, he's one of the, like the most dominant, if not the most dominant wrestler in like NCAA history yes. and, and like formalized wrestling. So, I mean, the dude's a draw. I mean, he's, he's absolutely worth the price of admission. Um, you know, he's, he's made a career out of it, almost made an NFL team and, and, you know, probably could have went back if he wasn't probably making more money at the WWE would be my assumption there is, is why make, couple hundred thousand dollars when the wwe is raking in millions probably with you as one of their top superstars so i can't imagine that probably wasn't more appealing at the time he's one of the most interesting stories i think in sports ever because he would still be in the ufc if he wouldn't have got diagnosed with a severe case of diverticulitis and it almost could have ended his life he would mm -hmm. still be in the ufc and even when he got over it the severe case and he went back to wwe because obviously it's way less intense on his body you know what I mean for a guy his size but he was going to fight John Jones for the UFC you know or Daniel Cormier excuse me um for the UFC heavyweight championship a couple years ago and they stepped into the octagon and he pushed DC and they just could never get the contracts to work out because of WWE and UFC couldn't come to an agreement but like he hadn't he uh I don't know if you remember this but he hadn't um done anything in the UFC like since like 2011 2012 and he went back in 2016 ended up winning you know what I mean like mm -hmm. in any he, he's four and three and it, it's just crazy man I mean when you think say that out loud he, he hadn't played football since high school he almost made an NFL roster and he was the very last cut very last cut he wasn't the first guy that they cut out of the office he was the last guy cut where they bring in the two last two people and one goes home and one stays. And he almost made it. That's insane to me. That's insane. But he's not an athlete, Ryan. He's a wrestler. Right. What are you talking about? And he's not an athlete because defensive linemen aren't athletes, you know, to stand up and be 300 pounds and move around. I mean, say what you want, but you know, it's just a, it's a dumb take. I, I have, I have no thoughts on it because nobody should be dumb enough to bring that stuff into a take and, and try to make that argument. So I've never prepared an argument for that. So anyway, um, last one here, and, and this is another one that we may get into a little bit more here, but um, sticking with our Super Bowl theme here, one last Super Bowl question, and, and I'm just going to leave it to another just straight sentence here. No explanation. I just want your thoughts. Are you buying or selling that this is a big blemish on Patrick Mahomes' resume? Buy. Buy because, and we'll talk, I'll, I'll explain the reasoning more in depth on the back half, but everyone talks about him now. Even even you said, I'm, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, put mm -hmm. this on you, but people like you and Trey Wingo, like, said that, you know, he could go down as one of the best of all time. Mm-hmm. You can't you can't have a performance like that. Now look, Tom's lost two Super Bowls, but if you're going to be compared to Tom Brady, you have to win the head-to-head -head matchup. And then second of all, Tom's been to 10, won seven. 
Uh, I know I was trying to figure it out last night, and I didn't even want to Google it, but I know he lost the two to the Giants. Who was the, th- who was the third that he lost to? Because he lost to the two to the Giants. He, he's won seven. So who, who was the third that he lost to? I'm just going to let you think on this one for a minute because I feel as if anybody on this show should know this. I don't know. It's your team, man. Oh, the Eagles. <laughs> the Eagles. Okay. The one time Philly has been excited in the last 60 years. Um, okay, yeah. Um, but, I mean, you, you have to. And, um, look, he, he'll rebound. But um, I feel like just Kansas City got complacent. Yeah, well, and 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 I agree with that. I, I agree with the fact that, you know, you lose those Super Bowls. And, you know, people – as great as Tom Brady is, people don't look at him without saying, well, he lost three Super Bowls. The two can be the two can be mutually exclusive in this sense, because if you went, I mean, let's, and I'm not going to get into the whole Patrick Mahomes thing with it, but you know, if Patrick Mahomes were to end his career at seven and three in the Super Bowl two, you're also going to look at that and say, well, he's won seven Super Bowls. Yeah. He lost, you know, the one against Tom Brady and, you know, the, the two others that, quote-unquote loss again that's a hypothetical but even Tom Brady has that blemish of losing in the Super Bowl because everybody will come at you with the Michael Jordan thing oh he never lost in the final he's six and oh yeah he's great there's certainly no doubt about that he's one of the greatest winners of all time if not the greatest winner of all time but to make 10 Super Bowls in Tom Brady's case that's that's it's a stupid number nobody's doing that nobody is has a career long enough to do that number one. And it's, it's just done. I actually saw a stat over the weekend, you know, talking about the, the NFL and the hall of fame and such in our last episode, Calvin Johnson was drafted when Tom Brady was 30 years old. Calvin Johnson has now played an entire career. Now, albeit a little bit shorter than some because of his early retirement was drafted when he was 30, played an entire career, has been retired for the minimum five years to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, is a Pro Football Hall of Famer, and Tom Brady just won his seventh Super Bowl. That's that's just, that's stupid. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to sell it only because I, I think that, you know, we use we use that term very quickly when it comes to, to players. And, and, yeah, you're certainly going to say, yeah, he lost the Super Bowl, uh, you know, even if he only goes one and one in Super Bowls, if he retired tomorrow, um, he still lost the Super Bowl. But I don't necessarily think it's a blemish. Uh, you know, I know people like to ring count when it comes to Super Bowls and talk about the ones that people lost. I mean, look, Jim Kelly lost four in a row, and he's still a, a legend of the game. Dan Marino never won one, obviously. Uh, John Elway lost two or three before he finally won one. It happens. It happens. You know, the Chiefs obviously didn't play the best game, and we'll talk about that more, but um, I'm, I'm going to sell that it's this, you know, career-altering blemish on Patrick Mahomes' resume. Well, we'll talk about the Super Bowl, uh, you know, here, here in a moment. Um, so Conversation Corner is basically just going to be about the Super Bowl, and why wouldn't it be? <laughs> I mean, pretty much nothing else happened this weekend. There was some college basketball. By the way, the uh, I don't even know how to word it. The Duke-UNC game, 
that frustrates me as a college basketball fan. It was the first time since they were both unranked since the Olympics were televised in America in 1960 um, to show you how bad both of those teams are this season. By the way, it's also the first time and I, I think ever possibly where no blue bloods, quote unquote, like Kentucky, Duke, UNC, none of them are ranked. Um, man, uh, and, and WVU also won this past week and that was a cool win. Alabama Missouri game that was that was a decent game um but yeah I mean really it was just the Super Bowl and that's what conversation corner will be yeah I'm glad to see I always like watching WVU beat Kansas not because I hate Kansas but Kansas is kind of like the uh the mecca of the of the big 12 they're the alpha kind of like Oklahoma in football so you know when, when you can knock those teams off I'm sure it feels good well, they're, they're not this year. I mean, that's when I – like, they're one of the Blue Bloods that I'm pretty sure they mm -hmm. dropped out of the top 25 after this weekend. They did. Um, so, man, March Madness will be wild. Um, so, conversation corner. Why don't we start just like we did kind of um, uh, with the preview, but kind of combine them. Mm -hmm. So, we'll recap the Super Bowl in its entirety, but why don't we pre – like – recap the commercials and the halftime show and all that kind of stuff the entertainment side of the super bowl first and, yeah. and pre-game pre so pre-game boring i mean you know it, it's one thing i did watch nfl game day morning but i did it early in the morning um pre-game wasn't very entertaining now the uh <laughs> the halftime show uh, I feel like some people liked it a lot, like a lot of people liked it apparently, and then a lot of people hated it. I'm on the, I'm, I think we're both in agreement that it was not good. Um, also, it, it turned into a meme, which is kind of funny, like how those things work out for the internet these days, you know, just natural meme. But I mean, what was up with the whole funhouse mirror thing? That was stupid. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying the meme. I mean, that's, that's kind of the, the one thing that I, that I take away from it is, is I love a good meme. And when a picture turns into a meme, uh, I've seen a lot of good ones. My favorite one, uh, if you remember last, last episode, we really confused our listeners that um, don't really know their way around Pittsburgh or don't even know Pittsburgh at all. Uh, so let's do it again. My favorite one that I saw was, so for those who know Pittsburgh, Ryan, I know you do. When you come out of the Ford Pitt tunnel and you get onto the Ford Pitt bridge, it says out of towners trying to find their exit coming on the Ford Pitt bridge. Yeah. Because there's like seven exits right there. And if you miss yours, you go to the next one, but it doesn't always take you to the direct path. Like that's my favorite one that I've seen. But uh, for those of you listening in other countries, you certainly are probably not familiar with Pittsburgh. So uh, I apologize, but I, I just, uh, the Super Bowl halftime show is not, it, it's not geared towards us. And, and I think that's because it's just the personal interest when it comes to it. Uh, you know, we probably have outed ourselves a little bit when we talk about our music choice too, because I'm not a big pop music fan. So like when, when they announced like Katy Perry or, um, you know, Beyonce or The Weeknd, I, I, I'm not a bit, I'm just not a big fan. I have no problem with these people. I'm not actively against them. It's just that I don't listen to their music enough for me to, to be heavily into the halftime show. And the weekend was, I mean, it was fine. There was nothing crazy wrong with it. It was not controversial, bad, but I could take or leave the halftime show. I don't feel like I need it. 
That's uh, that's just kind of my take every year. Even the one that that I said that I thought was good with Lady Gaga, I just I don't feel it's necessary. I don't need it. But I also don't need like a recap of the first half either. I, I watch the game. I, I don't need I don't need that. And that's kind of my thought of the pregame stuff too. Is you know everything leading up for the Super Bowl? They're like we're going to do eight hours of pregame coverage. Some of that's a little bit diminished when you have social media and you see all these stories already played out already. Like we know it's Brady versus Mahomes. You know, we, we know some of these, you know, athlete stories. We see them on, on SportsCenter's Instagram and Twitter's accounts and stuff. It just doesn't feel like all of it's necessary. And, um, you know, I'll tell you the one star that I've really, uh, I've really kind of taken a liking to in, in this whole uh, new year of 2021 is Amanda Gorman, though. I, I really do enjoy her from her poem at the uh, presidential inauguration and, and the poem at the Super Bowl. I, I do like her. But uh, I'll tell you what I did not like personally that I thought was really weird and I've been against for years now is the it's not animatronics, not the way to say it. That's like Chuck E. Cheese. Um, like, CGI. Yeah, like CGI of Vince Lombardi. Didn't need that. Don't need that. You can leave that in 2018. I'm not I don't need that. Yeah, I uh, that was that was weird that they did, and I'm pretty. I think they did it twice. I think they did it twice. Yeah. Um, also, the the dancers with the uh, the bandages on their face or whatever, that was such a weird, odd looking thing visually. Um, yeah, don't don't need the halftime show. I don't think it's cracked up what it's meant to be. I think the only halftime show I've liked. Um, probably Timberlake, um, not the Janet Jackson year. Um, and then, I don't know, I mean, maybe Black Eyed Peas when they were in Dallas. I mean, because Black Eyed Peas were still pretty, like, hot on the scene, but, like, you know, they, they were entertaining. Um, I do remember Katy Perry a little bit, just like I've talked about before, just because of that start that ended up, and I'm pretty sure that the person, whoever that was, got in trouble for that. Um, because they didn't follow the routine, which is funny when you say that out loud. But no, it, it was it was awkward. Um, the commercials. Did I hit the nail on the head with the Will Ferrell and Wayne's World and everything else stunk? Or by the way, I thought there was going to be way more movie trailers from the way that I read stuff online. There was only like two, and they were both extremely. Uh, you know, no offense to Bob Odenkirk, he's. He's a very good actor, especially as Saul in, in Better Call Saul and, and Saul Goodman in Breaking Bad. But man, was that just, uh, that does not look appealing at all. That that looks like something on Rotten Tomatoes that will get like a 10 or 11%. It just doesn't look like it's going to hit. And then the M. Night Shyamalan, that was probably the most odd time to, to delay it, you know, to show a trailer. Um, and then the Falcon Winter Soldier, um, everyone loves Marvel. And right now, WandaVision is still taking over the internet. Um, no, I, I, the commercials, I think, just Will Ferrell and Wayne's World. I mean, I didn't even uh, notice they were on most of the time, to be honest with you. Some people have talked about the McConaughey one, how they like that one. But that one was just, I, you know, it was dumb. I mean, for, for the, like, fifth consecutive year, I don't really have a commercial that I'm that I'm raving over it. I mean, that's the way it's been for the last few years. I feel like that was a, you know, it was always a big deal. I feel like, and correct me if I'm wrong, maybe it still is, but I just don't 
really notice it anymore. I always felt like it was a big deal to have that first commercial right after the initial, like go to commercial slot. So, you know, they kick off the game, first drive, punt, go to commercial. That was the one, like that was the commercial that, that, you know, you wanted to have, you wanted that prime spot because everybody's still watching it then. And, and, you know, that first chain of commercials was usually the best. Now, granted, there was probably a few other ones weaved in there that were good enough for you to talk about on, on Monday morning, but I, I can't even point pick one out that I'm like, yeah, that was the one that I want to talk about. There wasn't one. I, I just, excuse me, maybe my interest in the commercials has dwindled, but I, and I also think some of it is, is, um, you know, when it comes to the Super Bowl, um, now I, I work with a marketing program, so maybe this is a little bit more marketing take than I should, but um, I don't feel like I need advertisements from these companies. You know what I mean? Like, like Coke, everyone's like, oh, did you see Coke's Super Bowl commercial? I'm like, I'm going to drink Coke anyway. I don't have, I mean, you know, we, we joke about it, but Quibi, even though last year, you know, it all failed out for him, I at least was like, oh, what's Quibi? That's different. I don't know what that is. So you kind of get interested in it, but it's like Coke. You're like, I know what Coke is. I'm going to drink Coke. I'm going to consider a GM when I buy a cart. I don't need, I don't need those huge brands to do it necessarily. Um, but I mean, those are the only ones with money to do it, but you know, yet again, I'm left disappointed by commercials. Usually there's a better one uh, coming out. You know, what really would have been good is another one. That's like buying a house, acting like your parents. That's the best commercials on TV right now. If they could have hit a big one on the, com on the Super Bowl, I'd have been in for that, but didn't happen. Well, I guess I missed the mark on telling you to, to, uh, you know, look out for the Wayne's world and Will Ferrell one then. Cause I guess you didn't like them. The, the Wayne's world one was okay. I mean, it, it was, it was fine. I actually, if, if you, if you're going to say pick the one commercial that you enjoyed the most, it would probably be the Will Ferrell one uh, with GM. That one was, that one was pretty good with Keenan Thompson. And uh, who was the other? I can't, yes. I, I, I couldn't remember her name I, and I apologize, but thank you for, um, saving me in the in the end there but yeah that one was actually pretty good I, I thought that was funny um, I'm a Will Ferrell fan so if, if it's if it's good it's good but you know unfortunately it just the commercials fall flat for me again overall it's I don't know and I didn't see any movie trailers or anything that I was dying to see either so yeah well that doesn't shock me because like, I mean, you're not a comic book guy, but I mean, like everyone is really just talking about the Falcon and winter soldier trailer. Mm -hmm. rightfully so. Um, Cause Wanda, I mean, for anybody who hasn't watched it and I know you haven't WandaVision is, is, is incredible. I mean, it really is. It's probably the best show I've seen in the last two years outside of like shows like succession Westworld, um, the boys on Amazon, um, those are some that come to mind. Actually, Ted Lasso's in that, uh, top 10 ish now because, uh, Ted Lasso is great, but, um, no, uh, the, I feel like everyone's just very angst over that because, you know, Marvel will have one show ending and then two weeks later, another show starting. So mm -hmm. it's, it's kind of perfect timing for them really. No, but uh, the commercials uh, just kind of lackluster as always for the most part. Uh, I, probably the best commercial I've, I saw really that made me like laugh. I mean, I enjoyed the Will Ferrell Wayne's World one was probably, but was probably a fake SNL commercial that they made fun of uh, for Zillow this weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, that was probably the best one. Um, 
Now the game. Do you want to do the goat talk first or the game first? Because the game itself was pretty anticlimactic. The I think the only point where I thought, oh, the Chiefs have a turning point here was early in the second quarter. Tampa's going for it on the fourth, fourth and goal. They don't get it. Don't come close. Ronald Jones. Now they challenge it. Goes to commercial. Clearly, he's not in. I don't know why they threw the challenge flag. I guess in hindsight, it doesn't really matter, obviously. But that was really the only point where I thought things could have turned for them because they were driving downfield. Tra- Travis Kelsey was had actually a pretty decent game, 113 mm-hmm. yards. Um, you know, talk about really holding something personal. Anton uh, Winfield uh, throwing up the deuces signs and Tyree Kill's face was one of the ultimate like troll moves. Um, and I showed you before we started – uh, Tom Brady has been posting all day on his Instagram story uh, shots from the Super Bowl with different songs. And one of uh, the shots is him uh, waving uh, what I assume to be his af- after one of his touchdowns uh, with What's My Age Again as the song playing on the Instagram story uh, from Blink 182. I mean, just by the way, you can listen to that song on Amazon Music um, backslash uh, to Ryan Sports. Uh, get AmazonMusic.com backslash to Ryan Sports. Um, no, I mean, the, the game was pretty anticlimactic. Um, the Ryan suck up field goal, I thought also maybe could have been a turning point because that was a 52 yarder early in the second half where if they didn't make it, the chiefs have good field position, but man, the adjustments that I kept thinking that they were going to make from that week 12 matchup, they paid off in dividends. Because if you looked and Tony Roma pointed out during the broadcast, they kept playing two high safeties on guys like Tyreek, McCole Hardman, and that allowed them to not get open. And that allowed the defensive line, like Pierre Paul and Ndamukong Sue, to pressure Patrick, get a couple sacks on the night. Overall, it was a better defensive performance. But, I mean, it, was, it felt like 2010 again with uh, Gronk and uh, Brady just scoring touchdowns. Um Gronk having two touchdowns in the first half was a little like, whoa. Um, by the way, their three most important players on offense, Antonio, Leonard Fournette, Gronk, none who were there when the season kicked off. Um, yeah, I game was pretty anticlimactic. I don't, I don't think, though, the, the Chiefs are going to go down down but i feel like they're gonna they're gonna have to learn what the seahawks did the year after is this i don't think the seahawks made the playoffs after they lost the super bowl did they i would have to look that up i'm not 100 percent sure you're talking malcolm butler year right yeah malcolm butler year i'm almost positive the seahawks didn't make the playoffs after that and if they did they might have been a wild card but the chiefs are gonna have to learn how to deal with that because the super bowl hangover is real for the team that loses yeah, well, and, you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, the watching the game last night, and anybody who watches it or, or watches football consistently knows knows the game, Patrick Mahomes was not himself. I mean, he was in a, he was in a completely different, uh, you know, he was in a completely different, I don't even know what to call it. You know, it, it, it there was a part of me that almost felt like he was injured. Uh, a little bit more, maybe his um, ankle or not his ankle, his toe was affecting him more than, than we originally thought it would. But, but really the, the MVP of the game, in my opinion, is Todd Bowles, the defensive coordinator for Tampa Bay. 
his ability to put those high safeties up, like you mentioned, and bring pressure on Patrick Mahomes. I felt like every single play Patrick Mahomes was running for his life. Yeah, I, I don't know what I don't know what Kansas City was trying to do on the front end of that with their front five, but they could not block Tampa Bay. Patrick Mahomes was doing one of those little stutter step rollout type plays where he's just running away from people every single play, it felt like. And that's not what we're used to seeing. I mean, Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of great plays, but typically they're on his own accord, not because he's completely forced into making them with all the pressure that he was getting. Jason Pierre-Paul and um, um, oh, his name is eluding me right now, Shaq Barrett, uh, but also a couple corner blitzes. When you switch it up like that, it really, it really is going to affect him. And I think the one thing that this game did, if nothing else, it shows that the Chiefs are not invincible. Even at those points where, you know, we thought – I sat there and thought last night during the game, the Chiefs are going to turn it on. The Chiefs are going to turn it on. And they never did. They never got to a point where we felt like they could turn it on because Bowles just kept his defense ready that entire time. And, and I mean, the, the Tampa Bay's offensive game plan is, is what it seemingly always is. You know, a little bit more monotonous work the field, just go down. You don't need 15 yards every play. You don't need 25 yards every play. Get six every play. And that's kind of what Tampa Bay does. That's what Tom Brady does. You know, him and him and Byron Leftwich obviously have that relationship. Uh, kind of crazy that Byron Leftwich drafted three years after Tom Brady is now his offensive coordinator in the league. But that's a you know that's just the way it works. But um, I mean, you have to get honestly. I think the most credit, and, and this is not to diminish Tom Brady because we'll talk about this, but you have to give credit to Tampa Bay's defense because it, it, the matchup that people talked about a lot coming into this game was those are kind of the two things that you want to watch. Kansas city's offense is really good. Tampa Bay's defense is better than Kansas city's. So how is Tampa Bay's defense going to handle Patrick Mahomes in Kansas city? They did it very well. That's really all you have to know. They did it very well. Um, I'm surprised. I'm I'm surprised that Tampa Bay was that dominant. Uh, I I could have seen the game going either way. I know I picked Kansas City, but I could have seen I could have saw the game going either way. But I did not expect Tampa Bay to be as dominant as they were uh, in all facets of the game on on Sunday. Were you picking with your heart there? <laughs> no, not this time. I was I was pitch, picking with Patrick Mahomes's uh, crazy ability to win football games. But uh, that ran out a little bit. And, you know, it'll, it'll teach me to pick against Tom Brady. But, you know, I, I really thought that that high-powered offense would, would prevail, but not, not on Sunday. Todd Bowles and, and all those guys on that defense prevailed, and it was, it was notable. And if you notice in the first half, now some people were complaining about the officiating. I actually don't think – I think the only, like – uh, that's a little tic-tac-y call was, was probably the PI um, on, I forget who it was, but it was like a, a pass, I think late in the first half to Mike Evans and um, they called a PI, but clearly his feet got tangled up. Um, I don't think yes. that was really a problem. Um, I really don't. I mean, some people are really complaining about that today. I don't, I, I you know, some people have really complained about that offsides on the field goal. Um, where they're like, I mean, uh, I guess some people were saying his helmet was just barely on like the neutral line. And, you know, look, I, 
officiating, you can't really blame officiating. Now, there are some times where calls change games, but not officiating as a whole. I think, you know, those things are always give and take. But the Chiefs having um, nine penalties for 100 yards, that's a problem. The second thing is, did you notice Tom Brady targeting Rashad Breland and Tyron Matthew in the first half and most of the game? Like, it's because he picked weakness. Yeah, and Tyron Matthew, for you to go out now, I know they've squashed it since last night, but Tom sent an apology, and and Tyron deleted his tweet about Tom Brady uh, saying where Tom Brady called him something that he wouldn't repeat, uh, but apparently they've squashed whatever it was. Um, look, they were going at each other pretty pretty uh, nice and heavy there. Uh, I mean, but that wasn't the best football I saw on Sunday. That was between Man, uh, Man City and um, – um, uh, Liverpool, uh, by the way, got to get my premier league in here. Um, I know you don't watch premier league or soccer as a whole, but what a, what a, a football football game that was early on Sunday morning. Also Nick's uh, minute real quick. Uh, we went one and one over the weekend on our back to backs. Um, so we're, we're, we're improving, but no, I mean, uh, it's, uh, it's pretty incredible. Um, now let's transition to goat talk. I mean, he he's the goat. I, when you think about it, Peyton's going to go in the Hall of Fame the same age Tom's still playing. Guys like Dan Marino was going in the Hall of Fame when Tom is still playing. I mean, it's incredible to think. I think some people don't like Tom Brady, honestly, the same reason people don't like Michael Jordan or LeBron. is They win all the time, and they come off as pretty arrogant when they do it. I don't really find that. I can tell you this right now, though. If I was a little bit older when Michael Jordan was beating the Knicks all those years, watching those old classic games that I have, I'd be a little bit more pissed, you know, at Michael Jordan, probably not like him as much. But, I mean, Tom Brady, seven rings. Charles Haley's at five. There's not many, but there's a good handful of players that have four. Um. It was pretty classy to see New England come out and say congratulations to the best of all time. Um, you know, I just saw a thing on ESPN where later this year in the fall, they're going to have like basically a last dance, Tom Brady version, it looks like. And that's going to be something I'm sure people are going to talk about. It's just incredible what he keeps doing. But I truly believe, I truly do believe this. I've never doubted him before. He's a winner. It's what he does. But I think he has to walk away because if he if he comes back next year. Now, look, we didn't really see any signs of dropping off. He was top five in the league as a quarterback with passes and touchdowns and ratings and all that kind of stuff overall combined. But if he comes back next year and has like a Peyton Manning type year where, you know, balls are laying and you're like, man, this guy's a Hall of Famer. Like, I hate looking at stuff like that, you know, and same with Adam Vinatieri. When Adam Vinatieri played one year too long, it's like, man, I hate watching stuff like this because, you know, he didn't have it. Um, look, I mean, we're not NFL quarterbacks, but I truly think he needs to walk away. I don't think he's going to because he signed a two-year deal for Tampa, and I feel like he'll probably finish the second year. But I feel like Gronk's probably done because Gronk didn't really want to come back in the first place. It took a lot of convincing. And then, I mean, I don't know if they're going to repeat, but, I mean, then again, none of us thought they, they were going to get there this time. It's He's the best. He's the best to ever do it. And, um you know, I know people don't like him because they think he looks arrogant and stuff, but I mean, he, he is the goat. You know, you talk about it in terms of being older and, and not liking Jordan because of the Knicks. 
it's kind of how I feel about Tom Brady with regards to the Steelers, because for the last, you know, 20 years of my life, I mean, I probably really started watching football in, in the early 2000s. I mean, I don't remember a lot of the 90s, but and that's what he's been to the Steelers for 20 years. You know, we can't hardly get to the Super Bowl because Tom Brady's in it every single year. And, and, and that's why people don't like him. People don't like him because he wins all the time. And I mean, you know, shocking when a guy wins repeatedly, you're not going to like him. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if you like him. If you, if you cannot admit that Tom Brady is the best quarterback to play in the NFL at this point, I mean, you can, you can still say he's a system quarterback. I don't care. He's done it with two teams. He went to one team for one season and said, let me get some of my guys and let's roll. They won a Super Bowl. And you know what? They did it convincingly. Did they have a rough patch in November? Sure. Not too many teams only lose one game or two games and win a Super Bowl. That's very rare. You know, they got it as a wild card. Uh, you, New Orleans was better throughout the season. I don't think we ever would have thought watching that New Orleans game that Tampa Bay was going to win the Super Bowl back in week nine or ten, whatever that was. Or even week one when when they beat Tampa at the beginning of the season. Right, exactly. And here we are. Here we are, February 9th, talking about how damn good Tom Brady is every single year because he is. And that's just that's just that's the end of it. I mean, you can you can hate him because he wins championships. You can hate him because he's still doing good at forty three. It doesn't matter. You know, I I often I often kind of took the liberty or not liberty. That's the wrong that's the wrong word. But uh, took the stance I, I should say that Jerry Rice is the greatest NFL player of all time because of uh, his stats and his influence and. Uh, probably followed closely by Lawrence Taylor. And, and some of that's from the old NFL 100 ranking. Um, you know, when, when it comes to being the greatest of all time, you know, a lot of it comes with, uh, you know, your influence on the game and how well you've performed and your stats and such. What else do you want Tom Brady to do? If you don't think Tom Brady is the greatest quarterback of all time, seriously, send us a message, send us a tweet, send us an email. What, what else do you want Tom Brady to do for you to consider him the greatest quarterback of all time? He has more rings by himself than any one franchise in the history of the NFL. What do you want? Think about this. He's been to 10. Some people consider Peyton the best of all time. Peyton only went to four and went two and two. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, the guy is just on a different level. I, I think I got to get on the TB12 method because – he is there has never been a person in human history that's aged like Tom Brady. I mean, the dude is just a machine. And you know, to put it in perspective, when he was winning his first Super Bowl, Patrick Mahomes was six years old. Yeah, so I because you know, I like stats. Um, here's one for you Tom Brady has won between conference championship games and Super Bowls, he has won 17 games between just conference championships and Super Bowls. The second most wins in playoff history behind Tom Brady is 16. 
Tom Brady has won more conference championship games and Super Bowls than any other quarterback has ever won playoff games. And I guess, I guess I'll wrap it up by saying this. Tom Brady is only the second quarterback now, other than Peyton, to win a Super Bowl with two different franchises. Mm-hmm. Peyton, it took him two or three years. Now it ultimately came together in 2015 after he went there in 2013. Tom did it in his first season with essentially the same roster who went seven and nine the year before. And they just put all his buddies together and there they are. I, it's, uh, it's incredible. It's unbelievable. And um, I don't know. I hope, I hope he's done. I really do because I don't want to see him fall off, but if anything play you know, play one more season and maybe that prediction he gave a couple years ago, um, you know, that he's playing till 45, maybe that's actually a real thing because, I mean, I I can't believe he said on the, the podium last night that he's coming back for another year. You already know that. Like, I can't believe he said that. Like, it was just like an already done deal, like no question. Just win eight. You know, I mean, whatever at this point, just come back and win eight. I mean, what, what does it even matter at this point? Just go do it, win the game, who cares? Um, I mean, if again, if, if you don't think he's the greatest of all time, I just, I, I genuinely want to know what you think he has to do to be the greatest of all time. Um, also looking back on the weekend, just real quick too, uh, only because, you know, I'm, I would say the NFL is my, my core sport that I know the most about and, and care the most about. Um, not not a fan of TJ Watt not winning defensive player of the year. Not a fan. Um, I have no I have no problem with Aaron Donald winning the award because Aaron Donald is a fantastic defensive player. Um, I, I just you know I thought TJ Watt was better this year. I have no problem with again Aaron Donald's a fine football player, one of the best defensive tackles of all time. Uh, did you hear that Detroit actually wanted him as part of the trade package for Matt Stafford? I did. And I mean, look, we're, you know, we're friends. You're obviously my co-host. I, I guess I'll say this before we wrap up. Um, I feel like that's a pretty Homer thing for you to say. Cause I mean, Aaron, Aaron Donald, you know, um, had a pretty fantastic year and I don't really put a whole lot of stock into the honors thing, but I feel like that's really just a Homer pick, but I mean, you can, you know, let me know. I mean, I like to pick with my heart. You've pointed this out before. That's, that's kind of, that's kind of where I lie. Uh, so TJ Watt's stats were better across the board. I understand they play different positions. Um, you know, the, the, the argument that everybody uses is, oh, well, it doesn't matter because Aaron Donald gets triple teamed every play. I mean, TJ Watt's getting held around the neck 75% of the plays. I, th- that, that's an irrelevant argument. It, I, I, I want to see TJ Watt win this award, award once because in two years he could have won it twice, but he has been second place two different times. So, it just feels like he's right there and we need to, we need to get him over that hump. Um, also on the, on the better part of the news for the weekend is the hall of fame, uh, which, you know, I, I, like I said, if you're a finalist, in my opinion, you're a hall of famer anyway. Uh, but of course, Peyton Manning was going to be a hall of famer. Again, if you think that Peyton Manning is not a hall of famer, reevaluate your fandom in the NFL. Uh, same with Charles Woodson, really. 
also uh, also a great a great player, Calvin Johnson. Uh, of course, as a as a fan, I'm excited about Bill Nunn and Alan Fanica as as Steelers getting in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Drew Pearson, too, the legendary Cowboys wide receiver. Another uh, fun fact for you, because again, you know, I'm I'm really on these fun facts. Did you know he was the only member of the 1970s All Decade team that was not inducted into Canton until until well, I guess Saturday, whenever he finally got the call to be a to be a member. And then of course, Tom Flores, uh, which, you know, of course I did the whole campaign for him to be in the hall of fame, which he should have been already in the hall of fame. If, if you know anything about Tom Flores, but uh, I'm going to have to make another trip to Canton soon. There's going to be a lot of new Steeler busts and a lot of great players that we grew up watching that uh, I want to see immortalized in the bus room. If you've never been, it is, uh, and maybe this is me just being a, a nerd, but it's a pretty, amazing experience yeah no the hall of fame is amazing um tell you what you go to you, you go to canton do some interviews i will go to wrestlemania and the olympics the olympics if i can afford it or wrestlemania if i can afford it um and you know we'll just do uh, on the ground gorilla style interviews uh, uh okay <laughs> um but uh that's another show we have we do have a fantastic uh very kind of extremely different i would say guests coming up for friday wouldn't you um we have a very different guest um and um you know but if they if they want to find uh, all this ryan where, where where can they do that yeah be ready because friday's guest is going to be fun like like you said ryan it'll be different but you're listening to us most likely on apple or spotify uh if not if you're finding us somewhere else and just tuning in find us on apple and spotify that's where our show is hosted uh but to see the latest episode announcements uh, we also like to tweet memes during sporting events. So follow us along or follow along, I should say, for memes too. Uh, find us on Facebook, find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok as well. Uh, those are the four platforms that we use for our social medias. Again, that is the Two Ryan Sports Show on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok, but find the episodes on Apple and Spotify. And uh, we will see everyone on Friday. We'll see you guys then.